When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Grant Sachs and Jason McGovern of Last Word on Spurs. And in the news there, we were talking about the very slight possibility of impending thermonuclear war between America and Iran. And the response of Jason McGovern was, well, we better sign someone before then. (laughs) We are talking transfers this evening. The first name on the agenda is, of course, Ndombele. And Grant, it's looking like this is actually going to happen. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up just yet. Obviously, the rumours are flying around that um, a fee... Is looking like it possibly could be agreed. There's also other teams in there for him, but we are the front runners. Um, looking at the player, he's a guy I think that all of us would crave to have. He's 22 years old. He actually made the French Team of the Year last year in the Liga One. So he's definitely a player Tottenham want, and uh, I think we'd all crave to get him. Definitely. Have there been moments? Because I know, Jason, that you're sceptical about transfer rumours. And I'm just wondering whether this is because you've had your heart broken in the past. Have there been other deals that have been widely touted to happen that you've got excited about and then have fallen through? Well, isn't that the case with with every club? Yeah. I mean, Rick, we take the mickey out of Ricky, but every time I see him tweet, Tuto Makato, I think... (laughs) You know, we haven't bought a player or sold a player to Italy for about seven years since Lamella. And yet we must have been linked with 75 players from Italy or to Italy. So I just, you know, when you're talking about the football and you see the result on the Saturday, you're talking about the facts. You've seen what's genuinely happened with the transfers. We actually have no idea what players we've bid for, how much the bid is, how much the terms we've offered, which other clubs are or in the race. how close it is. And, and a journalist will come on and it may be, I don't know, Henry Winter or Martin Samuel and, and they'll write that Pochettino's going to Man United and Harry Kane's going to Madrid and we'll... We'll give them a right slating and say they write absolute rubbish, these players. And yet we instantly believe them when they do a, a Tottenham transfer story inwards. So, no, it's, it's, it's not that. I just, just 
wait till August, mate, and then I'll see who we've yeah. bought. I think that's spot on. I mean, I think we've had the years of players like Leandro Damiel being a done deal. I mean, that was one. How many years was that? Sort of 53? Oh, is Malcolm the new Leandro Damiel? I think... So we're linked with Malcolm. He's up there, change, definitely Leandro. He's pretty much already played for Tottenham, but he's still not joined along those lines. <laughs> were you pleased that you didn't get Damiel in the end? Because he didn't ever quite hit the lofty heights he was tipped for. God, I, I, how long ago was that now? About four seasons ago, five seasons ago, maybe, under Harry. Was it under Harry? You just don't know, do you? I mean, you know, we were talking outside, and I, I still look back and say Roberto Saldado was a brilliant deal for Tottenham. At the time, when you looked at the profile of club we were and the, the profile that Soldado had, it looked a fantastic signing. It became an absolute nightmare signing. Mm, it didn't did. It? it just never cut. And out, yet, you know, it can go the other way when somebody like when we first signed Wanyama and everyone was, well, why are we signing Wanyama? He's nothing. And yet he was an absolute beast for a year. So let him wear the shirt and then then, then judge it then. Mm. You'll be pleased to hear that Leandro Damiao is currently banging in goals in the J-League in Japan. Well. He's turning out for Kawasaki Frontale and he's got 5 in 11 so far this season. So that's what you're missing I bet out he, on. Yeah, I bet the wage out there isn't too bad for him. I bet he's done well there, absolutely. You would have thought not. Do you think that Ndombele is a likely deal? Uh, I, I believe it's the, the deal that, I mean, again, out of the players we've been linked with, everybody wants. Um, I think everybody's notified the idea of the dream of maybe having him and Musa in the middle. Musa Zoko has the real potential to really work. Um, I think everybody feels that would be the one player that would really, really improve us in the middle there, definitely. What do you think, Jace? Yeah, it seems to be, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it, if it does go through. seems to be the player that we've been calling out for. Uh, everything you see of him looks fantastic, but but as I say, I've seen fantastic players arrive and be awful. I've seen awful players arrive yeah. and be great. So let's 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 just see how he is. But I mean, certainly he's the powerhouse, and he is the Musa Dembele type player mm. that we've been craving for really for eighteen months, probably. It's now looking like he is going to sign, not just because he's been linked to the club for so long, but because the fee that's being talked about isn't changing. The other clubs, the United, the Juventuses, seem to be dropping out of the frame. And also, we saw this week Ndombele come out and say, listen, Spurs, fourth in the Premier League, Champions League runners-up, who wouldn't want to play for a club like that? How important was that Champions League final in terms of your transfer window? Well, I I said at the time, regardless of the result in it, it did put Tottenham onto a level where players around Europe that that would look at Spurs in the past and think, yeah, they're a promising club, but they're not going to do anything. You know, the fact that you're in a Champions League final suggests that you are pushing for trophies and you are you are becoming at that, that very next level. We are a, a Borussia Dortmund style. Mm. We are a Atletico Madrid style club. We may not be the, the main attraction in the country like Bayern and Real Madrid are, but, and, and you know, obviously you've got Manchester City and Liverpool now, but we are getting to that stage. And I think, you know, it was definitely important to get to that final. I was, I was going to say, the thing is, that, the thing is we've got obviously making the Champions League final, everybody knew Tottenham Hotspur. When you make the Champions League final, everybody really knows Tottenham Hotspur then. And we're in the cha- we was in the Champions League final, so that obviously has put us out there on the headlights for everybody to see. Mm, wonderful stuff. We are, of course, giving you updates throughout the Women's World Cup fixtures tonight here on Love Sport Radio. We've got a Women's World Cup show every Friday night, 7 till 8 as well. Have you guys been following the Lionesses? Uh, I followed the Lionesses. I did catch an eyelid of the um, Scotland-Argentina game last night. 
um, a bit stunned by the indecision as it was back and forward, back and forward. But no, obviously, uh, hopefully the ladies can do the job for us in Britain, obviously, and hopefully it will come home, definitely. It's currently Sweden nil, the USA won, by the way, in their game. USA looking very, very potent in this tournament. It took them just three minutes to take the lead through Lindsay Horan. But Grant, you bring up that controversy last night in the Scotland game. The VAR ridiculous, oh. which is we've something we've seen throughout this tournament. Does it make you think ahead of next season, where we're going to have VAR in the Premier League, that perhaps... This isn't what we need. Well, I just think if you look at that penalty last night, um, the majority of penalties last season, if you look at it with this rule, you'd have to rule up probably every single penalty last season based if the keepers come off the line. It's just unbelievable. I mean, we were saying outside myself and Jason, I mean, you're literally judging it by centimetres. You can understand if the keepers come off miles off the line, but it is, it's t- you're talking margins. And But when we're looking crazy. at penalty saves as well, the keeper always comes off his or her line by six inches. Don't they? That's part of making the save. It's just the way it is, isn't it? I, I, I'm really curious to see how it works. I was a big believer when when they first started to go to VAR. I was was fully behind it. I thought, yep, it will stop the diving cheats and it will stop it will stop some of the scrums you see at, at corners and things like that. But as you've seen it used more, I, I get the impression players in time will get really cute to it and they'll. They'll understand how VAR works, and they'll they'll manipulate it in their way. Where you will now see players doing like Mane in the final, aiming for an arm, which they would never have done in the past. Do you think and Mane think, was aiming for an I arm? I think quite possibly. Quite possibly. I mean, to me, it was just never a penalty in a million years. It's not a penalty without VAR. But um, I think you will get clubs trying to. You will get defenders throwing themselves to the mm. ground at corners. To when they're defending it and things like that, it will change the way the game's played, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think also the problem is the VAR came in to obviously make clear-cut decisions. I believe that some or some of these decisions are still being judged on matter of opinion of what the referee believes and what, what he feels is the right or the wrong thing. And also they're meant to make the decision using it where the decision is clear and obvious. And if we look back mm. to men's international football and that Jesse Lingard goal against Holland that was ruled offside when, you know, a bit of his toenail was marginally <laughs> offside, that's not clear and it's not obvious. Is the problem that VAR is not no, getting used for is what obvious. it's for? Uh, uh, mm. Offside is offside, isn't it? So, you know, the fact it's a toe then then so be it it's it's how how do you deem a shirt pull being strong enough for a penalty or or not and things like that and my my only problem when i see decisions given on it is this this notion that there's contact between play and i think yeah there's contact but it's not a foul there's a difference between a foul and contact but is it easier to get refereeing right as it were to standardize it if we say listen there's contact with the player and not the ball it's a foul and you know then what a foul is and what it isn't well you're right i think if you it might help things in in black and white but i, I just think players will they're, they're clever players they find ways to to try and get the benefit of decisions and you see and you'll see them getting well. exactly mm. Exactly. I, feel, I feel like you're seeing decisions happen as well in the game there where we're watching the game and we wouldn't even realise something's happened. You go back and all of a sudden a player's, it might have brushed them on. It's just, some of these things are impossible to see or impossible to judge at the time, but they're looking at it with, with a real magnifying glass with this VAR. And for us as fans, it's either heartbreaking or it's just, it's all over the place. Well, so far in the Women's World Cup, we've had a night off from VAR controversy, but it's only 12 minutes in. The score currently, Sweden nil, USA 1, and Thailand nil, Chile nil. Coming up, more transfers. 
This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And we're talking transfers. An encouraging sign for Tottenham in this window is that the names you're being linked with aren't going away. Tongi and Dombele is a name that's been hanging around. Another is Giovanni Lo Celso. Reports indicate that Real Betis now have absolute confidence that their valuation of Spurs target Giovanni Lo Celso will be met. That valuation is around the £70 million mark. Is Levy really going to shell out? Um, well, this is the summer he has to. I mean, we've gone to that point now where it has to. This is the summer he has to do it. It's, I think it's, we've reached a certain level now as to where the club is at. Where if we're going to move on, there has to be signings. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. They say they say it will be met, but they don't say it's going to be met by Tottenham, do they? No, that's a so, very good point. But so I can't you know. see other major clubs prowling at the moment. Mm. That's not to say they won't be, but the links haven't been there. It would be interesting to see if it is tied in amongst the Ericsson deal. That's that's the I would like him to come in to replace Eric Lamella, but the the, the muted deal seems to be that if he comes in, we lose Ericsson. So right. to me, that's not making the stro- the squad stronger or deeper. It's it's you're not. I'd, I'd love to sign him and keep Ericsson. I because yeah, I've not heard any rumours of Eric possibly leaving this summer yet at all. I mean, again, I think if he was to go, it'd be one of them players that in a way he's had he's had a few good moments at Tottenham, but he's just, he's never really hit the heights that we was expecting him to. Where do you, as Spurs fans, stand on Lamella? What's what's the general view? I think he's a very talented player. You can see that. That you can see the talent in Eric Lamella, but sadly it's what five, six years. Mm. We haven't seen it anywhere near consistently enough. I'm really struggling to think of the last time I saw Eric Lamella have what I call a really good game. Didn't it involve a rebutter? Well, there you go. <laughs> and it, it's, it tends to be the moments you remember of Lamella, mm. uh, little bits of aggravation with Fabregas and Jack Wilshere and a Rabona and a, a cute pass here, but it's not a 90-minute. No. It's not a Lucas Moura in Ajax, it's is not, it? Unfortunately it's it's not. nothing like that. And when, when I look at Lucas Moura over his 18 months, he's done far more taking Ajax away, mm. the, the two goals he got at Old Trafford and things like that. He, He's yeah. done far more for Tottenham in 18 months than Lamella's done in five years. I was going to say, again, I believe I think Eric actually had quite a good start to this season. Also, a good end to the season before that. He scored a few goals and he got a few assists and I think there was a bit of a hope there that we're gonna, starts, we, was, though, yeah, we was hoping we were going to see a different Eric come out and maybe this will be the, he'll try and maybe even be the main man, but he's just never reached those heights, unfortunately. Well, it's just the consistency in performances mm. from him just isn't there and then so many injury problems when the squad's thin. You, you need players yeah, that he's you been, can he count has, on. Yeah, he's been riddled with injuries, to be fair, Eric, in some departments. Yeah. That's caused a big setback. We've got a caller on the line. Adrian is getting in touch from Edmonton. Good evening, Adrian. Thanks for your call. Would you hold on to Lamella? Uh, yeah, I would as a squad player, yeah. Uh, I'm encouraged by the transfer window, though, because I don't see a lot of big clubs coming in for players that we actually want. I mean... Is that potentially worrying, though, Adrian? Because you can look at well, you can look at it either way. You can go, Spurs have done their scouting brilliantly, or you can go, well, hang on a minute, why don't PSG want Ndombélé? Are you with us, Adrian? Sorry. Are you with us? I mean, are you encouraged that no one's coming in for these players, or might there be well, a yeah, reason? Yeah, I think there's for reasons that? behind it. I mean, the bigger rivals for us in the Premier League are Man City and Liverpool, and like. Liverpool seem to want another striker. Man City just bought Roger, haven't they? Arsenal don't seem to have the money. Chelsea have got a transfer embargo, haven't they? You know, and uh, Man United aren't in the aren't in the Champions League. I and then, if you look to Europe, 
Real Madrid have spent £330 million and can't make up their mind whether they want Ericsson or Pogba, although Ericsson's a cheaper option. And I'm not sure about the situation at Barcelona, but I know that PSG have also got unload players. And Real, Real Madrid are trying to offer Spurs player, player plus cash for Ericsson, aren't they? Do you think what we're seeing, Adrian, is financial fair play finally starting to level the playing field? Adrian? You Hello? I, I couldn't pick you up there. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. Do, do, do you think financial fair play is levelling the playing field? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's having an effect, isn't it? Because it, what it's doing at the moment, I think it's... Uh, well, it's stunt, stunting... The, it's stopping deals from being done at the moment as well. Because... I think we've lost Adrian. I think, Adrian, thank you for your call. We're going to have to let you go. Adrian, they're getting in touch from Edmonton. If you'd like to get in touch, that number, 0208 70 20 558. He raises an interesting point, which is this fact that big clubs don't seem to be being linked with Le Celso, apart from, obviously, Spurs. Is that good news in the sense that it's easier to get him? Or is it worrying news in the sense that why aren't they prowling? Is it news that, that it's a sign of how far down the line the deal actually is? I think that's that's probably what. It, no, no club now seems to want to bid for a player to be turned down, do they? And and be seen to have failed to failed to mm. encourage. I mean, Manchester United are not going to go to Leon and, and agree the fee, and then have Ndombele say, "Sorry, not interested in you." No club can do that. So I think you know they talk to the players' agent. The players' agents say, look, he's more or less agreed this or that and, and the clubs have just got to work on the fee. And I think that's that's how it works for all clubs now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I'm quietly surprised how, um, I mean, it seems like Manchester City and obviously, um, I mean, it seems like Man City and Liverpool, I do believe they're probably looking for other players, not like La Celso or Don Bele. But um, I think Manchester United, I mean, it seems like United have got so many issues all over the park in regards to the back four. So they need to focus on that, which is allowing us obviously going for these players like Don Bele and La Celso and hopefully not have any, any other clubs trying to pull them away from us. In the same way, look at Man United with Wan Bissaka. I mean, you know, regardless of how he played for the under twenty ones, I think there's a lot of clubs would do, but there only seems to be Manchester United in there. Why do you think that. Spurs aren't piling in for AWB? In exactly the same way, I think maybe they've they've if they've been involved, they've they've had the word back from his people that you know if he wants to move, it's going to be to Old Trafford, and and that's it. And you're not going to agree a fee with Palace for the agent to then turn around as like a say and say sorry, he's not bothered about you. Mm. Do you think that there's a lot of actual conversations going on between players' representatives and clubs across the Premier League Absolutely. that we just don't hear about. Absolutely. I mean, Arsenal are another one that you look at and think Bellerin's had a serious yeah. injury now, mm. isn't he? They must need a right back because Bellerin won't be ready for the start of the season. They're another club that aren't in the least bit interested seemingly in Wan-Bissaka. I don't believe those clubs have not spoke to Palace or spoke to his representative. I think the word comes back, Jack Clark is being linked mm. with Tottenham. Yep. Nobody else is going in. It just seems to be the way that it is. So do you think we're seeing the end of the era of the good old-fashioned bidding war? Well, I think at the minute, especially with this transfer, it does feel like things are kind of quiet, but then it can just it's going to explode out of nowhere maybe this transfer market. That's the way it feels it might be going. Um, this whole bidding war situation, I mean, as you said, maybe it is taking a turn. Obviously, a lot of the clubs, for example, Chelsea, City have been warned on occasions now. Maybe they are finally getting to adjust with, it, uh, trying to get into adjust with this. You look at Christian Eriksen, and, and there's a case in mind. He obviously has, has been spoke to by Madrid. There's no other club seemingly in for Christian Eriksen. 
no Juve interested, no Bayern interested, no Manchester City interested. Can't tell me the only club that think Christian Eriksen's a good player is Real Madrid. But well, again, I, I think the word goes back. Thinking someone's a good player and wanting to sign them. Yeah, but I, I think that's what it is. You, you see it a lot now where where players are linked, but there seems to genuinely only be one club at the end of the day that, that's really going all out to sign a player. Earlier in the negotiations, there were more clubs linked from Dombele. We were hearing that Juve were interested, that United were interested. If there were an 11th hour bid made and Spurs found themselves in a bidding war, do you think Daniel Levy would go for that? Do you think he'd keep going higher and higher if he were convinced he was the right man? I don't. I'm not. I don't think so. I don't think Daniel's the type of guy to. I mean, if he sees an offer on the table which is going to blow us out the waters, I don't think the type of person to go and match that. Unfortunately, and um, obviously just on past situations with uh, Mr. Levy. No, I, I, you're right. I don't see it. I don't see Daniel Levy breaking what, what he thinks it is. But, you know, Alexis Sanchez is a prime example. The last time we saw a real bidding war, Manchester City pulled out when they could still afford him. But I think you reach a stage where you think, come on, this is, you know, if we if we value the player at 70 million and Manchester City come in and say we'll pay 95, then do you know what? You have to, you have to let him mm. go. You can't just keep going because at the start of the window, you'll have a figure you want to spend and you want to sign three or four players. And if you end up spending 25 million more and on Dombele, there's 25 million less for the next player. And as we know, Daniel knows it's a business. Daniel, all people know that Mr Levy knows it is a business for him, obviously, and he knows how it runs. Well, Spurs are very, very keen to sign a central midfielder of the deeper-lying variety this summer. That's very well documented. And Dombele is the only one who's really being heavily linked. So if you don't get him, what happens? Who do you turn to? Trying to think of players now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, out there, I mean, to be fair, central midfielders, I mean, again, we've been linked with Bruno Fernandes. That has kind of died down now. But in regards to that kind of holding role, Dombele is the only player that we've been moved to. Whether we'll obviously look elsewhere if we need to, and that's up to the club, obviously. Oliver Skip, mate, gets a, gets a, gets a new contract and, and Luke Amos is back from injury. <laughs> well, you joke, but there might be some youngsters coming through. Later in the show, we will be talking about Troy Parrott. Coming up, I think it's time we get our teeth into Kieran Trippier. This is Love Sport. It's the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio. And just a moment ago, we were saying that often now, when a player is linked with one club, he's linked with that club only. Well, we've got a Love Sport exclusive breaking for you, which is that Crystal Palace have contacted Fulham over Ryan Sessignon. Tottenham haven't. You can head over to lovesportradio.com for more with James Gray. But what do you make of that? Are you surprised that in that instance, bigger clubs haven't been sniffing? Well, um, with, for example, a player like Ryan Sessegnon, again, for someone like Palace, they'd improve him, definitely. And it's a statement of intent from them to say that, obviously, we're interested in some of the big boys that have been linked out there. Um, I just feel that, obviously, with, with this window, with this window there's, you know, these smaller teams might go in for the big players. They need to make a statement this year, obviously, in regards to where the Premier League's at. Would you like to see Spurs compete with them for Sessegnon, Jace? I don't think we'll have to compete with Palace. No, but compete in the sense of outbidding them and winning. Uh, I think it will just get left. I think they're they're concentrating on Ndombele and maybe one of the other Mm. big ones. Once they know what they've spent on those and who's who's coming, who's staying, is Toby going for his 25, things like that. If Toby goes, do they have to go and buy another centre-half? I think the Sessegnon deal for Spurs plays out later in the window. It'll be interesting to see why Palace uh, are making a push on Sessegnon. Do they, you know, it, does that suggest Townsend or Zaha finally making a move well, somewhere else? 
Is it is it pivotal we sign Sessegnon? I mean, in my opinion, I don't feel as if it's a must-need signing on that left wing map position. As long as, in my opinion, if Danny stays, I don't think it's a must-signing Sessegnon. But I think it feels feels. You know, we we talked last year, didn't we? Constantly of the depth of the squad mm-hmm. and how many players at times we had injured, and so he he helps with the depth of the squad. He's English, so you you don't have the homegrown problem. So that that helps us as well. And I think it's just a he's a squad filler. At this stage, but I mean, let's be honest. With the day we signed Deli Ali, who actually saw Deli Ali coming in, being a first-team yeah, player inside on, two or three games, and being an England international inside two or three months, you just didn't see it. So, you know, I wouldn't count Ryan Sessegnon straight out of that just because of of a year at Fulham and the under twenty-one game. Well, when we're talking wing-backs, let's have a look at the right-hand side as well because Kieran Trippier has been slagged off a fair bit by Spurs (laughs) fans this season. We're hearing that Napoli are still interested in him. Would you let him go to Italy? Um, I feel with uh, Trippier, in my opinion, I believe that he's come to his time of an end at Tottenham. I think he had a, a good couple of seasons. At the same time, he had Carl Walker there, who was always pushing him, trying to make him obviously improve. He's had that kind of time there with obviously Ori at right back. I just feel that at the minute we do need that kind of solid that solidarity at right back or obviously bringing through someone else. I just feel that we need that new blood. I mean, we've got Walker Peters, obviously, who's coming through as well. So there's also another youngster. But I think I just feel it's the end for Trippier. But obviously, I appreciate whatever he's done for Tottenham. He's been a good servant for the club. Yeah, you're right. I think he has been a really good pro for us. I think he's been brutally honest of his own performances this year. In fairness to Kieran Trippier, he has had a really poor season. But I think he's a better player than what he's shown this Mm. season. But he's not a player that, that would bother me if he decides to go. It's it's a little. I think if the offer came in, if if you got twenty five, thirty million for him, then then I yes, I'd, I'd probably take that and and try something else. But um, whether Daniel Levy will look at twenty five million and say no, no, you're going to have to pay fifty five well, for him. I don't know. Can Daniel work his? I think hopefully Daniel can work his magic and get a bit of money there on Trippier if we can. If anybody can do it, it's Levy. We've seen in the past <laughs> players go for fees which we can't believe and. Levy's pulled off some magic there. So if he does go, obviously, um, hopefully we'll get a good sum back on him. Absolutely. But all that talk seems to be that he wants an English club anyway, doesn't it? I, so I think there has been conversation about that. But ultimately, if he's told by Pochettino that he's, he's not, not in his plans, mm. if Pochettino signs another right back and the likes of United don't come in for Trippier, then I suppose you would go abroad. I, well, it depends if, a, if if he genuinely becomes available, whether a Newcastle, whether a, yes, a yeah. Everton, whether a... You know, a, a Wolves or someone like that come in. You don't know. I mean, it's you, a, it's if, a, if you're Trippier, and I completely appreciate the appeal of staying in England, but would you go to Everton rather than playing Champions League football? It's, it's the move abroad, isn't it? It's, it's how settled a family is. Do you want to take your, your kids mm. abroad or something like that? So, I mean, Everton. Let's be fair. Everton are a, are a really good football club, decent, decent football club, and and I, I put Everton as as the next rung down, if you like. So. You know, I, I don't see if Kieran Trippier was promised 35 yeah, games at yeah. Everton. If he, if he ever went to a team like an Everton or a Newcastle, it wouldn't be a terrible move for the guy. Do no. you know what I mean, he'd be going to clubs that obviously financially are well run and also the, it's the stature of the club. It's not West Ham, well is it? I mean, uh, you don't want to go that far. <laughs> not quite. Well, if Trippier does go, what are you thinking in terms of potential replacements? You're still being linked with Norwich City's teenage right back, Max Aarons. Do you think he'd be ready? Um, I've seen a bit of this Max Aaron's guy obviously he's got a lot of potential as well I'd be honest in my opinion if we were to look at anybody I'd, be, I'd love the Leicester right back Perea 
Um, I think we was actually linked with him before he actually went to Leicester. I mean, obviously, I know he's settled in quite well there now, but that would be my first choice. Again, Wan-Bissaka's kind of been blown out of the water by this United offer and how that's going on in a saga. Um, so, at the minute, it's all a bit up in the air. I mean, this Max Aarons, again, he'd have to come in and be a youngster who'd have to be given the chance to really, really go and push on in that position. It's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Let's be fair, a year ago when Sessegnon was at Fulham and they were into the playoff final. We were all hoping Fulham weren't going to come up so mm. that we'd get the, the run to get Sessegnon. Everyone would have gone for it. And then you see him play for a year in a struggling team and now everyone's iffy about it. We don't know how Max Aarons is. I, I, I think the best thing for him is to stay at Norwich and play a whole year at Norwich as a genuine player and then let's have a look in 12 months. And, and that's the, the best League. thing for Spurs, potentially, as well, because you don't take a multi-million pound punt on a player who's never played at the top level. You'd pay a bit more, but you could be more confident about exactly what it was you're signing. Well, it can be, it can work both ways, can't you? As you say, you, you perhaps avoid a big fee now, but in 12 months, if he does have the type of year that suggests it, then maybe you're up then against Chelsea or Manchester City or Liverpool or whoever it is. Looking to, Liverpool, obviously, not with Alexander-Arnold, but maybe you're up against one of those clubs then when you could have had a more or less a free run at him this year. It's, yeah. it's the... <laughs> Twos and throws, isn't it? It's a very hard position because in the past we've been blessed with the wing back. I mean, obviously when we used to have the days of Walker and Rose bombing forward. We've we've, we've still missed that, and it's it's very very hard thing to replace. Again, Aurier came in, he didn't work out as we was hoped. Again, we had a lot of potential and a lot of hope there with him, but it just hasn't worked out for us. So hopefully, whatever happens, we can fill in that position there. Or if Trips does stay, um, there can be a lot of improvement needed for him for sure. Mm, hopefully, and it really all comes down to how much he likes pasta, doesn't it? Coming up, <laughs> a few more transfer rumours. This is Love Sport. It's the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, and we've got a brand new feature for you. It's time for Legend of the Week. Sport. Gents, it's time for your first ever Tottenham Legend of the Week. Tottenham Legend of the Week. Who are you going for? Um... I'm going to go for uh, a bit of a mad one. It's Diego Maradona. Right. And how does he qualify as a Tottenham player or indeed a player to have worn a Spurs shirt? He played one testimonial game for us, Aussie's <laughs> testimonial. And he's he's definitely my favourite ever Spurs player. It was just... Is he actually? What? Maradona, your favourite ever Spurs player? Oh, absolutely. He was just, just my favourite Spurs one. player. Wow. One game. Surely that, that Hoddle gets in there. Me. Hoddle was close, <laughs> but no, it was a fantastic night for Aussie's Testimonial 86 when we played Inter Milan and the, the astonishing thing was I was talking to Grant outside and to see him and Hoddle on the same pitch having never had a training session together but the two of them on a wavelength way beyond anyone else on the pitch could find each other with their backs to each other just instantly the football brain takes over and you're going to know where the other person is that understanding was just oh, amazing and then at 86 World Cup the handball has never, ever, ever bothered me. I just, <laughs> really? I see the second goal where he runs past the entire Can't say team. That. Is he not a I cheat, it, Jace? Every player cheats. I remember standing at Villa Park when Colin Calderwood punched one in and celebrating a goal. I didn't say, you're a cheat, Colin. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got a cheat in the side. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit before my time, um, Diego Maradona, but I mean, I actually went to see his new film that came out this Saturday. It was coming out this weekend. It was incredible to see how he... Went to Barcelona, how he uh, kind of failed there. Took a move to Napoli, a team at a time who were being criticised by their nation just for the wealthness of them, how poor they were. And he dragged the team from out of nowhere to go and win to go and win the title and also done magical stuff with Argentina. What an incredible player he was. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, that's my that's my man I've chosen right there, Diego. An extraordinary player and, of course, somebody who has previous of wearing a Spurs shirt, not just on the football pitch. No, I think he was part of the backroom staff for the, the 4-1 against Liverpool yeah. two years ago when he was in the dressing room with Poch and Kane and there, and we saw what effect that had with a 4-1. What a shame that wasn't the Champions League final mm. result. What level do you think Maradona could play at now? Oh, he'd be up there. Say, watching. I say, honestly, when I watched that film the other day, it I mean, would have, I mean now. Oh, now I mean, he, he'd as, be. As oh, he would be up there man. with the Ronaldo's, the Messi's, yeah. the Hazards. He'd be up there, no doubt about it. In my opinion, not honestly. As, as a forty-something-year-old, he'd do. Yeah, stick him up front. Older. Still got those quick feet. Absolutely. I just. I mean, for me, he's the best player I've ever seen. Um, I think everyone remembers your era. Before me, it would have been Pele. Now, everyone, every kid in that, I understand, likes Messi. But for me, Messi's done nothing more from his talent mm. than Maradona could have done, except Maradona's delivered a World Cup for Argentina and he's taken a nothing Napoli side to a league title. Yeah, and that's, that was, yeah. that's a big difference. That was a special part of the story for the when I yep. watched that. Very special story how he'd done that and nothing. And to turn him into, turn him into winners is incredible. And uh, you could kick players. Chase likes his topic of kicking them, oh, absolutely. You could kick players then. So <laughs> Maradona, uh, Messi doesn't get kicked like, like Maradona would have been, that's for sure. Well, for all of those reasons, Diego Maradona is your first ever legend of the week. He did wear a Spurs shirt twice. <laughs> this is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Jace McGovern and Grant Sachs of The Last Word on Spurs. We're talking transfers, but first a quick update from the Women's World Cup. It is still Sweden nil, USA 1 and Thailand are holding on. It's Thailand nil, Chile <laughs> nil. Remember Thailand earlier in Group F conceded 13 against the USA. So a clean sheet would I think be cause for a knighthood for the entire back four. The eighth looked offside to me that night. That, I that think was that's the, the salient point. point. That's the turning point. <laughs> it could prove a pivotal part when they look at the end of that league table when they go out. It could look a league. Look yeah, when it comes part. down to goal difference yeah. and they're only 23 <laughs> negative instead of 37. Yeah. Quite, quite something. Interesting to see, by the way, whether there are any spontaneous buys in the women's game off the back of the World Cup. We see it in men's tournaments where if someone excels at a Euros or a World Cup, they can get a move. Have Spurs ever panic ball off the back of a good international campaign uh, Ricky Villa um, Ricky Villa Ardias well, that, well, that's, that's probably the best one off the back yeah. of a World Cup was was um, Didier Zakora off the back of a World Cup oh, I don't know, or did we sign him just before the World Cup or something like that but um, can't, can't think off the top one. of my head there's really flop ones off of a World Cup yeah. El Hadji Jif was a famous one <laughs> off the back of a World <laughs> yeah, Cup for Liverpool probably. Wasn't it? it was just was awful didn't they also buy Salif Dow? Weren't they both? Did they play in that Senegal side that beat France? I think they took both of them, yeah. and just neither of them were any use at Liverpool. That's for sure. No, everyone seems to fall prey of it. Andre Arshavin got a move to Arsenal off the back of Euro two thousand. I've got one to shout. Was Pavlichenko possibly part of that? Maybe then Ooh, as well. Was he? Now that's quite a good one. Tell you what, if you can think of any, get in touch. O two O eight seventy twenty five five eight. You can call us or you can WhatsApp in as well. Let's talk some more transfers. We discussed earlier that there are no real bidding wars yet in the transfer window. Well, could we be yet 
to see one within North London. Spurs are being linked with Sampdoria defender Joachim Anderson, who's also heavily linked with both Arsenal and Lyon. Could you send out a signal by beating those clubs off for a player? I don't believe we're linked with him, so it's just you don't believe I just it. Don't, I just don't believe it. No, once 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 you're you're apparently linked with four clubs, I think that that tells you it's the agent that's trying to place his player, and, and nobody's really making a move. So nope, I don't don't see that one at the moment at all. I think it's pretty worrying if we are, because you'd like to hope that are going to hang on to Toby Alavira instead of bringing that new centre half at the moment. Um, if you was bringing if you was bringing a big centre half name now, you'd expect that that could be a signal that Toby's off out the door very very soon. Do you so, think that is the logical conclusion? Um, well, at the minute, the crazy thing is that no one's gone in for Toby. They know that 25 million release clause is sitting there. I'm really surprised Manchester United, of all clubs, haven't. I'd like to think Toby would think to himself, I'm at a club at the minute which are doing better than someone like Manchester United. But again, someone like Adolf already walk into a Real Madrid. He would walk into a PSG. He is that good. I'm not so sure he is that good. You don't think but, oh, um, oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. But let's oh. let's knuckle down onto this. Grant, for you, where does he rank in oh, Europe centre halves? He's as good um he's in my opinion, he's as good as a, as Virgil van Dijk. I'll put him there. Honestly do. Honestly believe that. So you think he's effectively the best centre half in world football? I wouldn't say he's the best centre half in world football. So Van Dijk's not he the would best fit in, he'd, 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 he would fit in any team. Like a Real Madrid, a PSG, a Liverpool, a Manchester City, he would fit in any of those teams' back fours without a doubt. Interesting. Jace, where do you rank him? Don't get me wrong, I think he's a top class defender, uh, but I don't place him in front of Van Dijk. I think that I've always said it, he has a weakness aerially that a centre half for me of of supposedly world class standing shouldn't have that weakness. But don't get me wrong, I hope Toby stays. Mm. I do like Toby, but I don't. I'm no longer in the opinion that he's a real world-class defender. He's fantastic on the ground. His reading of the game and things like that is excellent. But I don't think he's right up there in the top in the top few. So, Jace, would would you let him go for 25 million now? I'd sooner keep him for the 65 million that was talked about last year. I'd have let him go for the 65 million, but not for 25 million. I think no, you're better to to stick with it and hopefully he signs a new deal. Like I say, I like Toby. People think I don't. I like him, but I don't put him in that real top echelons anymore. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'll be honest obviously, in my era, of all the centre-halves we've had, obviously he's up there with Ledley, in my opinion, as a long pass. So I would love to see Daniel obviously offer him that new contract. Again, if you let him go for 25 minutes, it will hurt. Again, who, you, who are you going to bring in that is as solid? And again, what signal does that leave out to the team that we're letting someone of his stature go and we're trying to move on to that next level? It, it's a hard one. I think the interesting thing with, with Toby is when it was Yan and Sanchez last year, Sanchez looked a much better mm. player than he did when it was Toby and Sanchez. So maybe Toby does need that that, yeah. that solid person alongside him that that, that kind of doesn't talk him. you through a game. But com- yeah, yeah, compliments. So when he has to be that lead defender, he's not quite as comfortable in that role. No. Mm. We've had a WhatsApp into the show suggesting that Jurgen Klinsmann was signed on the back of the 94 World yep. Cup. Very, Excellent very shout. Don't Excellent. know who it was. Remember, if you want so, so actually Dumitrescu, Ili Dumitrescu would have been. So we we got both sides of that then. Yeah, we've had that suggestion. Another Romanian as well, Popescu. Popescu, oh. come on that. Yep. You went to work. Let's not talk about the time we, uh, um, Alan Sugar brought Klinsmann back. <laughs> how that one? How that one went away? <laughs> Absolutely. Popescu goes down as well as a great one because he, he scored a winning penalty against Arsenal in a UEFA Cup final, I think it was. So that, you got it. You got along with Naeem, that. that becomes gets gets you a little bit of a legendary mm. status. On that, 
Do the players who featured for Spurs in their first ever Champions League final attain legendary status just by virtue of having been there, having been a part of it? Cool, that's a good shout. Um, they will certainly go down in, in history as taking Tottenham further, whether they'll quite be... Le- it's <laughs> Kieran Trippier go down as a legendary <laughs> status. I think somewhere... Lucas, probably, probably it will be known not as the team that played in the final, it will be known as the team that won in Ajax. And, mm. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, Lucas Moore will obviously yeah. now go down as, as a legend and things like that, but probably not the team that played in the final, no. No, again, someone obviously like Lucas Moura, he'll forever long, live long in this era of Tottenham. Obviously, he's had a real, real legend of the club. Obviously, hopefully another player that will start us for a very long time. But, um, yeah, there's a few of them players I definitely picked that I believe have been fantastic servants and always be remembered as Tottenham players and legends. How many players in this current squad have the potential to grow to late legend status? Because there's quite a few there. You're talking numbers three or four. I mean, you've got players like Sissoko's come out the blue out of nowhere and is loved by a lot of Tottenham fans. Hugo, again, has been been at us for a long time and towards the end of the season, he pushed on, saved a couple of penalties, done a fantastic job. Obviously, players like Harry are in there. So there's a few players in there that definitely have got the potential to be Tottenham greats, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's People, I mean, you know, Stefan Froyen gets called a Tottenham yeah. legend. He's nowhere near a Tottenham legend <laughs> for me. So I think it's it's down to the individual as well sometimes. What is required to attain that legendary status? Well, you've got players obviously like uh, Jonathan Woodgate who scores a goal in a Carling Cup final in 2011. And obviously you never forget those moments. You never forget the person who scored that goal. So anybody obviously involved in those big moments, the semi-finals, the finals, obviously are always treasured those memories absolutely well that's a very odd thing because for me from an England perspective Kieran Trippier is a name I will always remember because I think in my life so far our producers look at me like what on earth are you on about in my <laughs> life so far I think that free kick against Croatia I celebrated that more than I've celebrated any other goal in my life yeah, yeah I, can, I can understand that I mean I've celebrated Eunice Cabal's winner at the Emirates <laughs> yeah. but I certainly don't think a Eunice Cabal as a, as a legend <laughs> Someone has just tried to WhatsApp into the show, which we appreciate. You can get in touch, 0208 70 20 558. And instead of posing a question, they've accidentally WhatsApped us a picture of their dinner, which I must say looks absolutely lovely. We've got a sort of grilled chicken breast there, a Mm. bit of coleslaw, potato salad, raw red onion, which questionable a nice little <laughs> cucumber and tomato salad and what looks like what i'm hoping is a bit of hummus, on the hummus side always tasty. of the plate uh if you'd like to send us more of your meals we'll rate them out of 10 this one gets <laughs> 6.8 a valiant effort but also if you'd like to talk about tottenham that would be lovely as well what do you rate his dinner out of 10 uh, I think based on presentation, he's, <laughs> he's, he's definitely pulled it out of the bag. Legendary uh, status? I'm not sure about the quality of food just yet. Only he can <laughs> tell us that. But, Let's uh, give Jace a proper look here. We've got the chicken. We've got the potato salad. Potatoes possibly slightly undercooked. I was I'd hoping lo- the tomatoes were chilli. That, that ah, would have that that taken it up a level, yep. Bit mm. of chilli in it. And there's also, I know some people are a bit odd about their food being in contact. All the different parts of this dish are in contact with each other. You've got your <laughs> chicken on the coleslaw, coleslaw mm. on the potatoes. It's got, oh, you know what, I'm going to up it. We'll call it a seven. It's in contact when it comes out the other end, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deep analysis, this, absolutely. <laughs> it is. <laughs> absolutely. I've actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you, whoever sent that in. I think we better talk about some more transfers before we get proper proper dinner in. And just a reminder that if you are going to send questions about Spurs or pictures of your dinner, do leave your name so we know it's you. Let's talk about Jack Clark. He's this teenage winger from Leeds. The rumours aren't going away 
Do you think he's actually that good? Do you think he's 20 million quid's worth of good? Or is he a homegrown player in a slot that Spurs need to fill? Bits, bits of both, I think. You know, the homegrown thing does, does come into it. I think I saw him play one game on, on Sky. I think it was the Leeds-Derby game yeah. earlier in the season, not the playoff games. And he was absolutely fantastic. Just after that, I think he had that, that illness at Middlesbrough when he collapsed on the bench. Didn't see much. So I'm basing it on what I've seen for one game. But Daniel James, I saw score one goal against, what was it? Wasn't it the famous goal against Brentford? Man United have paid 15 million. That kind of suggests what the fee for Jack Clark should be. You're probably at that level. Do you think we're getting to a point now where for any young player who's decent at football, who counts as homegrown, 20 million? We start there. Uh, Well, United have just paid 15, haven't they? Is he Welsh or is he English? Well, Premier League-wise, it's a homegrown player, isn't it? Like Ben Davis, he's homegrown yeah, for Premier League. Yeah. But, and Man United are probably nowhere near a Chambers League place to worry about it at the moment. So Yeah, I mean, Johnny, we were saying again a couple of weeks ago about these prices, obviously, on these youngsters. Again, at the minute, the, the prices, even for some of these young lads, they're going at astronomical prices. I mean, again, with a player like Jack Clark, um, you're putting it, again, we'd be putting our eggs, in, not in all in one basket, but you'd be thinking that it'd be along the lines of it'd be another, you're hoping it'd be like another Deli Alley. Who's could that come at, happen? Could, could happen. It, the the yeah. hard thing about the value of a of a young player like that is, I mean, let's, let's say it's 20 million. If he's that good a player and he's the type of person that Leeds can get fired to promotion, then that's worth a lot more than the 20 million, isn't it? You just look at Jack Grealish. We all argued about him yeah. being a twenty-five million pound player, but he's been a lot more worth to Villa than twenty-five million now yeah. by coming up. So it's it's hard to know. Love Sports' very own Martin Bell has messaged into the show with firstly an absolutely terrible selfie, and secondly he's he's mooting Teddy Sheringham for his Legend of the Week. Where does he rank for you two? Oh, Teddy was fantastic. I, I mean, looking back at some of his goals for us, a lot of memorable goals. Scored against all the big boys. Uh, couldn't couldn't have asked more of Mr. Sheringham. Obviously, he had spells with United as well, and came back to the club to help us out in a time of need when he was really, really struggling. So, yep, Teddy forever loved and forever remembered at Tottenham Hotspur for sure. I've yep. interviewed Teddy. He's a very nice boy as well. Very, very cheery man. That's good to hear. Legend at Stevenage for a little bit. <laughs> Our Stevenage producing supporter. Producing supporter, supporting not quite. producer. He's on his head the other way, not quite. <laughs> and he's an England, had a fantastic England career as well, didn't he, Teddy? And that, that, the, uh, the Holland game, the 4-1 Holland mm. game. He'll, you know, he'll certainly be remembered for that, that's for sure. Beyond just the necessity of those homegrown rules, how much does it bother you? How much are you proud to have English players in that Spurs team? Um... What, England international players, you mean? Or just English. I mean, skip by the same token. I, I must admit, it probably affects me more when I'm watching England because mm. last summer I had far more interest in watching the England side than I did when it was, was full of Liverpool and Man United players. I think the pride comes when you're watching England rather than... T- the, mm. the funny thing with that is as soon as they're picked for England, everyone's like sh- shouting out like, oh, why are they picking our players yeah. and we don't want them to play? Yeah, it's the injury, obviously, the fear of injury. But I do remember a game years ago when we, I think we played Germany, we come out to win 3-2. All the Tottenham boys are playing, I think, in that game. Harry, Deli, Eric Dyer at the time. Didn't Eric Dyer scored in top form. Dyer didn't scored the header. So that was a night. I remember that night and being very proud to say that's our boys out there scoring the goals and producing the magic moment. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that World Cup went, you said about Trippier, Dyer with the winning penalty, yeah. Harry came with a golden boot. You do feel it. But then when it goes wrong, like it did at the previous course, Euros, yeah. 
you, you sit and you think, why are our players the ones getting the mm. blame for everything? Yeah, very, very true. Let's have a look at the next Spurs Academy prospect who could make it. Troy Parrott, very highly rated. We're hearing he could be handed an increased role next season under Pochettino. Could be involved in the pre-season tour. Could be in that Premier League squad. Do you think he's ready? Uh, it's hard to know yet. Hard to know of any player. Again, there was other youngsters in there like Isaiah Sterling who was upcoming last season didn't really get the break but again I've had a look at Troy um, I've seen Robbie King come out and obviously say that he looks very talented but he needs his own time let him become his own type of player not the next he said he actually said not the next me I want him to be the next Troy Parrott because he believes he's got the talent there to be that again nine goals three assists in only six games in the youth Premier League he's definitely um, showing it in the lower league so hopefully he could break through and could be a big big boy for Tottenham I think that, you know, he's certainly the, the most hyped one since Marcus Edwards and look what's gone wrong yeah. for, for Marcus Edwards. So just, I mean, you're right, you just let him go on that pre-season tour. Mm. Hopefully we start to get an idea when he goes, you know, does he get a Carling Cup, a Carabao Cup game or something like that? And then then it's just a slow, pro- but I'd be surprised if he started five games next year. But is he worth a gamble? In the oh, sense absolutely. that Spurs, Spurs yeah. are being linked with a potential backup striker. Rather than spending 50 million quid on Maxi Gomez as backup, if you've got a kid who could come off the bench, worth a go? I think so. I mean, I, we don't know at the moment where we're at with even Fernando Lorente or Vincent Janssen. They're little, from what we're hearing, a couple of them are stuck out in the wilderness. We don't know what their situation is going to be at us next season or if they'll be a Tottenham player. So I'm all up for giving you for chance. And obviously these youngsters can come through. Look at someone like, I'm going to say his name, Harry Kane, out of nowhere. Came out, made fireworks for the club, and is now he's obviously probably nearly gained that legendary status already. Exactly, and you know he's a player that when he first got into the side, everyone was like, "Oh, he's bang average kind. Yeah, I mean, he's clumsy. Yeah. He's a looks a donkey, mm. and he might get the odd goal, but that's about it." And and yeah, now look at Harry Kane. So I think with young players, you, you just don't know the speed they'll develop at, and and things like that. Before Kane, who's the last great person to come through the academy for you? Is it Ledley? Uh, yeah, it's got to be Ledley. Yeah, has to be Ledley King. I mean, be great. I mean, Harry Winks is, is what you want from your academy players. He's come through to the first team, and I genuinely think Harry Winks is a first team player for mm. us, and he's probably now in our strongest side. But yeah, I suppose Ledley's the one before before Harry Kane. That's for sure. Yeah, it's hard to think of any other ones that have really come in and been a been a real as on par with someone like Harry because Ledley came in in a time of need and really gave us that centre half that we needed. Someone who could literally replace the one we lost in regards to quality and what he was going to bring us. Lots of pundits reckon that the era of the one-club man is effectively over. Do you think Harry Kane is going to stay at Spurs till he retires? Uh, I think it just it, it depends how the club goes. I, I wouldn't say he'll, he'll be there till he's 35 or something, but I, I think we will need to, to kick on as a club and start delivering some silverware for him. Not necessarily at the end of this year, but... I think, you know, if if he breaks that goal record and he still has nothing to show for it, then maybe he he will fancy a, a, a payday in Madrid mm. or a payday somewhere else or something. Well, I mean, the, I think the only way I'd like to see Harry Lee was if he's won everything at Tottenham and he goes to play in Japan or goes to play in America in the MLS. That's the only way I'd like to ever see if he's going to go. Because, again, the only way Harry Kane will stay is obviously if we achieve our goals, which is to win a Premier League or win these big, big start titles. Because there's no way you can justify you can justify keeping a player of his quality if you're not going to push it and win stuff. Would you resent it if he went to another English club? I don't think he'd do that. I, I don't. No, I don't think he would do. I think if it if it was to 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 be somewhere else, it will be 
it will be one of the Spanish clubs or something like that mm. at this stage. Well, we can only hope that Harry Kane does become England's next great one-club man. We can hope that Troy Parrott comes through as well and that Spurs make a few excellent signings to add to the mix. Join us next time. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.